0: Hello everyone and welcome to Education Checkup. I'm Johnette Magner. We're a weekly podcast here at KTBS and we cover what is happening in education in Northwest Louisiana. And I am joined today by my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. He is a cardiologist by occupation, but he's here as a champion of education in Louisiana and he knows a whole lot about it. He's a former board chair of the LSUS Foundation and has been named LSU Shreveport Pilot of the Year and Alumnus of the Year. And that's just a couple of things. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Roseman. Would you like to introduce our special guest?
1: I would. We're gonna do something a little real special today. Uh, we're gonna to talk to some great teachers. You know, we talk to principals and administrators and, and people in the community. But, you know, where the rubber meets the road is in the teaching in the classroom. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you both have been, Uh, recognized as uh, doing great work uh, at your schools. Let me introduce to you uh, Jana Panos uh, from Bird. Mm -hmm. I believe she is a math teacher, so calculus and algebra too. So for those of us that are math impaired, (laughs) I'm sure she could help us. (laughs) I can. And uh, we have Ryan Burton, uh, who's from Northwood High School, happens to be my alma mater, uh, and uh, he teaches history um, and um, we wanted to talk a little bit today about, about teaching and, and uh, uh, what makes a great teacher. So when did you decide uh, you wanted to be a teacher?
2: Well, probably in college. I knew I was interested in the math and the sciences. I didn't know exactly how I wanted to channel that. Uh, but I also knew I loved working with people and um, students and so I observed in some classrooms and so I switched my major a few times in college I know you know not not everyone uh, is able to do that, but with the college credit I had going in, I could still graduate in four years, switched to math and science education, was able to transfer credits to that major, and um, the rest is history. It's, it's a decision that I'm very proud that I made, and um, I'm happy to be here.
3: You know, I grew up in a family of educators. My, both my parents were educators. My grandparents were educators. I married an educator. <laughs> my brother and my sister, you know, it, we call it the family business. And to be honest, you know, going into high school and into college, I did not want to be a teacher. Uh, I, I saw that as, you know, what my, my parents did. And it was, it was great. And, and I saw the impact of it, but I did not want to do it. And in, in college, I thought I wanted to be maybe, you know, going, going to ministry maybe, or maybe going to healthcare. And it wasn't until I started teaching a, a Sunday school class when I realized I'm in trouble. I think I want to be a teacher. And so uh, I changed my major and, and started observing some classrooms and just fell in love with it and realized that uh, I share a passion with my family. And so that it's been great.
1: You know, we all have had teachers in our lives that have had an impact on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone can think of one or two teachers and the impact they had. What Teachers had the greatest impact on your life and why?
2: I would say so. I teach at Bird High School, but I'm also a graduate of Bird High School. And I can think of a couple of teachers that I had there. Actually, all of them were amazing, but specifically my senior year English teacher, Miss O'Neill, my junior year English teacher. Ms. Gio, which is interesting because I'm a math teacher, loved Mr. Allgood, AP Calculus, and it was fun to go back to teach at BIRD with them. And um, so they became my peers, but I was able to take what was special about each of them and how they impacted me and something they each did in their classrooms. And I'm able to apply that to how I teach now, and I still credit them for that. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful and blessed that really, I had uh, 12 years of great Caddo educators. Um, so I think just taking a little bit of, of all of what they did and what they taught me has developed my teaching that I use today.
3: I think I could copy and paste everything. I, I'm a product of, of Caddo schools as well. And I'm also a graduate from Byrne High School. And uh, I can just from elementary to middle to high school can think of Multiple teachers that had an enormous impact in my life. I mean, Miss Miss she was Miss Post when I had her, Miss Panos. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, math was never my strongest subject ever, and uh, I took calculus with her, and, and she was so great at making math you know come alive and, and helping me. Uh, John Larry at at Bird uh, ignited a passion for, for history for me, and and that passion is, is you know still ongoing in, in his work. John Georgia Fandis at Bird uh, uh, teaching me leadership. Miss um, Carberry, Miss Chris Hires at Catamiddle Middle Magnet, my kindergarten teacher, Anita Vales. I mean, I could go down the list. I mean, we are just, we have some great teachers here in Cato Parish.
1: You know, I uh, in thinking about it myself. I think about, you know, who, who had the real impact. It's it's people that made you feel special. Like you were something that was, you were gonna be great. You were gonna, you were gonna uh, do well in life. You could be a doctor if you wanted to be a doctor. You know those kind of things and gave that kind of uh, uh, really support um, that I needed at the time you know is going through uh, going through school um, so um, let me ask you about school culture okay because uh, every school has a culture and and sometimes we don't know exactly how to phrase it or what makes something good what's something bad but what makes a great school culture I know you have both of you have it because I've been in both of your schools at Bird, and and Northwood and so I know there's great school culture there what is it how did they how did that school get there and how do y'all keep that great school culture
2: so I think you know it starts at the top with leadership And I think especially the school I'm at and a lot of the schools in Caddo Parish, we have great leaders at our school. And this year we're really focusing on uh, shared leadership, which means growing teachers as leaders, um, assistant principals. Um, And so I think it starts top down, Um, specifically at the school I'm at, Bird High School, we have a rich tradition and history. Um, that lends itself to a lot of pride and spirit. And I think that's something really exciting to be a part of, especially with our centennial celebration coming up. Um, And it really creates that school culture. And when you have that school culture, you have students buying into it. You know, academically, athletically, they take pride in the school that they're at. And I think it starts with the leadership and of course with the faculty as well.
3: I completely agree. Uh, Top down leadership uh, uh, is so important at Northwood. Shannon Wall has done an amazing job of making Northwood really what it is, and that's a community. Uh, uh, the Blanchard community, you know, it's, you know, we, we sometimes get forgotten up there in the North, but we, we are so strong and it's so family oriented uh, from all the way from, you know, the principal to the administration to the teachers and to the kids and even to the parents. And so, you know, it's, it's so nice knowing that if you send your kid to Northwood, someone's gonna know who they are and there's gonna be a place for them. Um, and that starts with, like I said, leadership, but also teachers that put students first. Um, at all of our open houses and all of our events, students are put at the forefront. Uh, a great example is at our open house last year, uh, we had the idea that every organization and club would have a student representative. And so that student would stand up in front of prospective parents and teachers from all over and say what their club was about. Well. You know, of course, you had the football player, you had the cheerleader, you had the dance, and they would get up there, and you know, the football player would get up, and everyone would cheer, and then you had, you know, the the cheerleader would get up there, and everyone would cheer, but then someone from 4-H would get up there, and everyone would cheer. E games got up there, and everyone cheered. Um, someone from the robotics club, everyone cheered, and that to me was like that is Northwood, where yeah. you're known, and everyone has a place, and so that's just what makes Northwood special.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And what 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 makes a great principal? Then we just talked about culture. Y'all both mentioned leadership is mm-hmm. the most important thing. So what what makes a great principal?
2: I think that being a visionary, having um, the vision for what you want your school culture and climate to be, um, being able to demonstrate by actions and words, um, and the being inclusive with teachers having a part. You know, most teachers at Bird sponsor something, yep. coach something. I think it's that shared leadership concept I was mentioning earlier, um, that it's not just sort of a um, decision made at the top and that's how it's gonna be. It's, it's having input from all the stakeholders at the school, whether it's the parents, The students, the teachers, the community, um, involving custodial Mm -hmm. staff and the classified personnel. Um, I think that's what makes a great principal is that shared leadership model, um, receiving input, being open to that, and of course, um, you know, creating the vision and the mission. Every school has a mission statement, Caddo Parish has a mission statement, and just really sticking to um, what that mission is, and then the action steps to make sure that happens the follow through
3: absolutely they, they can't do it themselves right they can't do it all themselves and so in order for a principal to be effective they have to um, share that vision and then uh, put people in position to, to, to um, and empower them to um, make it happen uh, you know Shannon will my principal and other principals that I've had um, they're all supportive they support teachers you know teachers they, they see teachers as you know the lifeblood of the school, and so whatever teachers need and whatever uh, they need to be successful, I know that those principals are going to support. And uh, whenever something happens or, or something needs to be done, like, like she said, you know they're going to you know listen to input and understand that you know a school, you know they are the leader, but true leadership is servant leadership. And so when they when you, when they adopt that attitude, like so many principals that we've had, um, it can really be special.
1: You know. Um we're going to talk a little bit about community impact. I'm going to ask you about community impact, but before I do, these are two schools that had an incredible amount of community impact into even their existence. Mm-hmm. Bird, at one point in time, had there was significant problems with the building. They didn't know if they could keep the building open. They didn't have enough money to do what they needed to do to keep Bird, right. and the city of Bird, you know, stopped it. I mean, they came to the rescue of bird in a time when we might not have had a bird uh, to continue to have one. And at Northwood, they couldn't have a stadium, they wanted a stadium, they built their own stadium. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a, a two schools that, when I think about those two schools, I think about the community that embraces them, okay? And it becomes such an important part of that community. I know just uh, from my perspective, my parents were part of the group that kind of started Northwood years and years ago. And um, that was such a point of pride in the north part of the parish and, and has been ever since. But let me ask you about community, what we need to do as community to, to build schools, how you see the community and, the, um, and how it connects with the school.
2: Well, like you said, the community is everything to a school. Um, Whether they're alumni community at Bird, we do have a very strong alumni association. They're always giving back to the school. When we have uh, special projects, um, you know, when we wanna upgrade our science labs or math and science uh, magnet school, they're always willing to step in. It doesn't always have to be monetarily. Mm -hmm. It could be um, in service. It could be through donations, obviously. Um, but it's it's very important, You know, we, we can bring in community speakers for different special interest clubs. Um, it's just really great um, to have that community and I think it's essential for our schools in Caddo Parish. So we are lucky that we have a great community built around us and involving our community, like I said earlier, they're stakeholders in our school. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to involve them in decisions that we make. Um, give them um, a place to chan- uh, a, the chance and the place to to speak on you know how can the school help the community how can the community help the school that's a two way road and it's a very um, it's a very important relationship uh, to keep healthy.
3: Yes, absolutely. There is no doubt that Northwood High School cannot exist without the Blanchard community, and that's like you said from its founding all the way to today. Um, the Blanchard community is instrumental in everything that we do at Northwood. I mean, all the way from, you know, academics and, and uh, you know, the funding that goes into, um, you know, our fundraisers that we have, the Taste of Blanchard and, and different things, you know, sports. For perfect example, uh, at our football games, the, the equipment that is used to broadcast the, um, the actual, you know, the sound at the stadium, a, a, a parent bought that and and that's his job and 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 i think his students have graduated and he still continues to do it because he has a love and a passion for it and that's exactly what the community needs uh for these t- schools to succeed and that's love and passion um and that goes from you know the big stakeholders that you know are so um amazing to give like you said but also our parents just to understand that as a community you know to, to trust the schools to say hey we're we're struggling with some literacy issues um, these are the things that we need to get done and these are the things that we need to need help on. Let's, let's, let's step up and, and, and help and, and let education be a two-way street like you said, uh, at the home and at the school. And so having that trust in the community is so important.
0: Yeah, you know, juvenile crime is the highest it's been in, in Caddo Parish since 1992. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the juveniles are high school kids and they've got guns and they're, they're parts uh, part of a gang, mm-hmm. often the gang being centered in the school. How tough is it to deter that kind of, and what do you do to deter uh, violence and gang membership and, and help keep kids on the right track? Because clearly we're struggling. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and that's a great question, and I wish I had the perfect answer to that. I will say, that there are programs we put into place at the school level. Clearly we can only have so much impact with what's going on at home when they leave our school building at four o'clock. But one thing we're doing at our school this year, we're gonna have a freshman mentorship program where administrators and counselors get with students in small groups. (laughs) And we talk about topics like, here are your options. Here's what education can do for you. Um, You have options. You know, you're, you're in ninth grade. I think ninth grade's a great place to start with that. Um, let's talk about college or career. Let's talk about what you can do in your next four years to be successful and ready for life beyond um, beyond high school. And so I think developing relationships with students, them knowing that I have a resource at school, I have someone I can talk to at school, um, you know, as teachers, we can look for signs, um, but really when it comes down to it, I think if they can develop those relationships with um, adults at the school campus that can um, get them the resources they need, the help they need, the the guidance they need that they may not have at home to let them know that you have options, you have a bright future. I think that's a proactive approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's one thing that, hopefully will have a positive impact on the issues that you were mentioning.
3: Could absolutely not agree more. I mean, the the key is relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've ever been a teacher before, you know that we don't just teach. No. We're therapists, we're uh, nurses, we're, you know, actors. We're, we're so many more things than just- We wear
2: all the hats. We wear all the hats yeah.
3: and, and, you know, we don't just deliver instruction. And so uh, relationships are so key. Um, I'm a big believer in uh, high high expectations and, and not just for uh, students and how they perform academically but also for teachers for their students um, i'm a big believer that if a, if a teacher walks into a room and thinks that you know these students they're just not very good and they are they're bad kids and they're not very smart and, and they're going to be trouble i'm just going to get through the day well that's what's going to happen yeah. but if we have teachers who go in and say you know what um, these students have, uh, are capable, they have um, uh, potential, and I'm gonna work my very best to get them where they need to be. That's what's gonna happen. And it might look different for certain kids and certain teachers, but I think it comes down to relationships. And if, if you as a teacher are able to, to go to a student and say, hey, so I, I care about you enough to see that something's wrong, how can I help? And then I love that program that y'all are doing, you know, a mentorship program, that would be absolutely huge. But like I said, it just comes down to relationships
1: you know, beyond expectations based on uh, academics, expectations and the high expectations in the area of behavior. Absolutely. I mean, why, you know, should we be spending more time doing some of that? Making sure people understand basic middle-class uh, success, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically behavior and character and those those sort of things. L- let me ask you about something I've been thinking about as I've listened to different teachers, different people talk. We talked a lot uh, early about literacy in the first and the second and the third grade. We kind of quit talking about literacy after that Mm -hmm. but we just talked to a middle school teacher who talked about literacy and I have a friend who's who's now doing um, She's subbing in every school just to see what life is like in high schools in Shreveport, mm-hmm. and there's a she is blown away by the number of kids that don't know how to read in high school. So I guess I'm just going to ask y'all since y'all you know y'all been successful. I know none of you are reading teachers, but how do we solve that problem, or what do we do different, or what do we need to do once we have that situation? Uh, because they, I tend to think. If you can't read, if you can't read, and you're in high school, you know that there's not much for you. I mean, uh, in life, I mean it, it's it's difficult. So, how do y'all do that? How do y'all do that? And then how can we do it better?
2: Uh, and Brian may be able to speak to this more than me, because I know there's a lot of reading comprehension involved mm-hmm. in the history curriculum. Um, I mean, I would think early intervention. Um, You know, I'm clearly not a scientist or a physician, but I think, you know, the brain just develops and absorbs so much at the younger age that, you know, catching them earlier on is obviously the goal. Um, When they get to high school, uh, you know, we can help them as much as we can. I know I can speak to the math classroom that sometimes I find that students that do struggle with the literacy comprehension part, love a break in math. You know, because it's sentences, but it's number sentences, Um, and so, of course, there are word problems. A lot of the standardized testing they take, it reading is across the board in all the subjects. So, I'm afraid I don't have an answer for that, um, but I would I would agree with you that it is a problem, and I think you can probably see correlation with literacy and maybe you know reaching goals as far as graduation and. In life beyond high school,
3: quite frankly, it's an epidemic. It is. It is something that I've definitely seen. And, and to be honest, I've seen it in in every type of classroom that I've I've been in. I've worked in a private school. I've worked in a neighborhood school. I've been in magnet schools. I've taught at level kids. I've taught AP kids. It is. It is all over. Um, what I would say is, you know, when you look at the statistics, the statistics, you know, a child who is able to read at an early age, the the um, chances of them going to jail are so low, and the chances of them succeeding are so high. You know, and and so like I think early intervention is certainly true, but when they get to us in high school, you know, something that I like to push is, you know, if we as teachers want them to read and, and literacy to go up, we have to make reading at least a little bit exciting. And so we have to get them to read something. Mean you know, something I, besides Beowulf. I oh gosh, <laughs> I, I encourage my students. I mean, I say read anything if it's an. ESPN article, it's if it, gossip, anything, because, you know, if you're a student and, and your attention span is, is so low, which we, we know there it's, it's so bad, you know, if I give you a three page document on imperialism, there's no way you're going to comprehend, I mean, there's no way, I mean, it, the, the cards are stacked against you. And so just getting them to read something is Is key to getting them used to you know more more difficult subjects and more complicated things. You know, in social studies, we have this huge push for literacy. I I, I tell people all the time we are we are no longer a subject of uh, remembering dates and remembering people. Mm -hmm. You know, multiple choice. We are we are no longer a subject like that. Social studies and history. We are now a subject of, of of looking at something at all angles and reading sources and reading material and literature fully understand the, the concept and so you know a, a, a question on the test wouldn't be you know what year did the you know this battle happen the question would be more like did the good of that situation outweigh the bad and why and so mm-hmm. for in order for a student to do that not only do they have to know the content they have to be able to pull out sources and documents And in order to do that they have to have they have to read and so it is it's a huge problem and I don't have the solution really either I I would I would I would whoever has it needs to be on this podcast pretty soon
2: (laughs) yeah and I think adding to what Ryan was saying I've been in some other classrooms I you know have English friends who teach uh, high school level and they say also about the writing which I assume goes hand in hand the reading and the writing and sometimes they'll show me samples and it it'll kind of surprise you I think and and back to the consequences sort of of this and is you know the fact that if you're put in a classroom and you really aren't able to do the work because you have, you know, some sort of reading deficit, I think that's sometimes when the students do act out behaviorally and then it's sort of a cycle. Right. And so if one of you does find the answer to that, <laughs> or you bring if one, of, one of your podcast guests does yeah. figure it out, I mean, we, it is something that we, it's yeah. pressing. No and doubt. we, yeah.
1: Well, this, is, this has been a great conversation. I'm gonna ask you a couple of more questions, the kind of more personal questions. Sure. And, and, and uh, uh, this one I, uh, is a little bit longer question, so I'm gonna read it so I'm sure I have it right. But, but what's one thing you want your students to take from your class this year that you hope that they'll remember for the rest of their lives?
2: Okay, I feel like I should say something really philosophical about calculus right now. You don't have to. But I think, and you mentioned this earlier, um, talking about, you know, we teach the whole child. And a big thing in my classroom, especially for all the grades that I teach, you know, algebra two is sophomores and juniors, calculus is seniors and especially with my seniors, they're about to go off to college or the workforce. And my big push in there, as far as character education sort of goes, is integrity. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember. Uh, uh, do you know there's, I'm about There's to three s-
3: types of people. Uh,
2: <laughs> he remembers, see? There's three. This is why I teach. Okay, yes, he's got it. There are three types of people in this world. Yep. The ones, They never do the right thing. It doesn't matter who's watching, if it's parent, law enforcement, whatever it may be. The twos do the right thing if the teacher's watching, if mom's checking the phone, all of that. The threes always do the right thing no matter what. Um, you know, because they know it's the right thing to do because they have the integrity. And I always say, don't tell me what you think you are because, you know, they'll hold up the one and point to their neighbor or, you know, they're like, I think I'm a 2.5. <laughs> and I'm like, this is self-reflection, you know? <laughs> and that's so funny and that really warms my heart that Ryan remembers this from however many years ago, yeah. but I have students that I will run into years later and they say, Miss Panos or Miss Post, i'm I'm being a three are you? And that's a very valid question as well. Um so that is one thing. It sounds elementary. It sounds basic, but i it is something that I hope they do remember about my class. before
1: Ryan answers and uh, just a quick story. I, I, I taught uh, middle school Sunday school for about eight to ten years. And after a while, you realize how much are they going to actually get out of these this, mm-hmm. this okay. lesson? So, i narrowed it down to one thing I wanted them to leave Mm -hmm. uh, that year with, which was loyalty to the absent, that they would be, uh, when someone is getting beat up on or being bullied or being treated poorly, that you stand up for them, Mm -hmm. uh, and how that that. can stop that sort of thing. But same concept is, you see all this stuff you're trying (laughs) to be teaching, at the end of the day, how much gets there, and those three things, Made it through him and probably no a lot of others. Do you remember Wait.
2: derivatives and integrals and... <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't answer that, don't answer that, don't answer that.
3: All right, Ryan, Please go ahead. Um, uh, I think for me, th- absolutely, I, I think for me with my students, the the one thing I want them to take is to never stop love loving learning. Just keep mm-hmm. learning. Always be a forever learner. The, learning doesn't stop whenever you leave school. Uh, and, I, and my my hope and my goal is that I've incited some type of passion, in them. and it doesn't have to be history. It can be anything that they continue to grow and, and to never be you know stagnant in, in who they are and what they know, and and to always be curious. I always tell them that's my favorite, one of my favorite qualities in a person: someone who's curious. You know, why does that happen? Why why is that? You know, I know that the, they're not going to remember the date that the Thirty Years' War started or what. You know the implications of Napoleon doing X, Y. They're not going to remember. And I, and as a teacher, you kind of have to come to terms with that. But but you know things like being a three, standing up for those who who can't, and and forever learning is is something that those kids can can take with them. And I, I sure hope that they do.
1: Last question. Uh, you're both uh, here in Shreveport. Uh, we're here in Shreveport, Ed and I. Uh, what is it that that keeps you here in Shreveport? What is it? What's the reason? You know, it's a mobile society. You can live anywhere you want. Yeah. So why, why Shreveport? Why why should somebody stay here? Why should somebody come move here?
2: That's that's funny that you asked me that. My students ask me that because they know I'm an Aggie. Uh, they know I graduated from Bird. I went to Texas A&M in College Station, Texas, and I came home. And a lot of my students, and it's kind of sad that some of them ask, why'd you, you know, Why'd you come back here? And I, I love Shreveport. Shreveport's where my family is. I'm a product of the Caddo Parish school system that gave me a lot. I feel like it's my turn to give back, and I hope that I'm doing a good job of that. Um, and I think there is so much potential here. There is so much good here. Um, and I was gonna tell you as well, cause I kind of looked into um, some initiatives that you've done with mm-hmm. education. And I think it's incredible to have people like you in the community that we look up to
0: Absolutely. that
2: are giving back in ways that you don't have to get, you don't have to be doing this. You know, you've got a great career as a physician. And um, so I, that, that's encouragement to me, and mm-hmm. so we want to thank you for that.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Shreveport's home, yeah. and and I'm to be honest, I, I'm not really a person who tolerates Shreveport's slander. I, I, I know Shreveport's problems, but you know Shreveport's home, and, mm-hmm. and we could be someone who, who lives here and constantly you know talks bad about it and, and, and continues to be negative. Or we could be someone who goes, you know what, I see the negatives and I see the things that need to be fixed and I wanna be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And I believe one of the best ways that you can do that is, is to be a teacher or to, to um, you know, reach out to the youth and the community. And so um, when I knew that I wanted to be a teacher, you know, I was a little hesitant to, to move back to Shreveport, but I knew it was the right thing and it was the right thing for my family and it was the right thing for um, my future. And so I, uh, I love it here and, and I'm bought in and uh, I hope others are too.
1: We're so glad you're here, back at Shreveport, and we're so glad for what you do every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, teachers are um, what keep things going. I mean, it, you know, and, and uh, it's what keeps our community in the very best that it could be. And so thank you both for being here. Thank you both for sharing with us today. And thank you both for what you do every day you know, when you get in those classrooms and you love those children and how, what impact that has. So thank nice. you very much. Thank, thank you. Y'all. Yes, thank you.
0: And thank you for joining us for Education Checkup. You can view this and other podcasts anywhere you listen to them or you could of course go to the website of KTBS and that's ktbs.com slash podcast. Have a good day and we'll see you next time on Education Checkup.